0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I'm happy to be up here. It's been three weeks since I've been able to preach in my own church. It's nice to see everybody. It's nice to... at it again and but before i actually go to today's message i want to just give you guys um, a couple more sort of special announcements about what's going on um i know i'm not the only one in the house that agrees that you know if there's ever been a time for the church to rise up and pray and intercede it's now uh never in the history of our living generations has our nation gone through such trying times right And uh, we've been through a lot. The United States has been through a lot. But right now, uh, how many of you know prayer actually changes things? Okay. When God's people, when God's people accept, embrace the responsibility and the calling we have to pray, we can literally change the course of history. It's happened again and again throughout history. So I really believe that now more than ever before is a time to pray and intercede and one of the visions that we have here for our new church building for this sanctuary is for it to become more and more like a house of prayer. And so, um, you know, I wish we could just go full force with that right now, but we're not quite ready. But what we are ready for is this. All right. Every Friday from noon to 7 p.m., OK, every Friday from noon to 7 p.m., the sanctuary is going to be open Uh and there's just gonna be some prayer music, some soaking worship music uh, playing. And at any given time during those seven hours on Friday, if you'd like to come spend 30 minutes, an hour, seven hours, whatever, just in the presence of the Lord praying and interceding, uh, we wanna invite you just to come in. There will be nobody leading prayer, okay? It's just simply gonna be open sanctuary for anybody who wants to come and spend some time in prayer, cool? Every Friday from noon to 7 p.m., come as much as you can. And of course, we already know that Wednesday night prayer is our time of, uh, of our Wednesday night revived service is our time of corporate prayer. And we've had some really great times of prayer over the past few weeks. And, and I believe that, that as we persevere more and more in prayer, God's going to literally use our prayers, right, to change the history of our city, And you and I, every one of us, are called to be a part of it. Amen? Amen. Come on, tell somebody. It's time to pray. I also want to tell you guys about another thing before I get into today's message. Who's ever heard of Iris Ministries? Anybody? Okay, who's ever heard of Heidi Baker? About half of us. Okay, well... If you've never heard of Heidi Baker and Iris Ministries, then go Google it. I give you permission to Google it right now. Actually, maybe you wanna wait till But if you want to, you can Google it right now. Heidi Baker, Iris Ministries, a ministry of revival that has literally transformed the continent of Africa, okay? They've planted thousands and thousands of churches. And next week, we have some really special friends that are gonna be with us. Many of you have met Chris and Heidi Cohn and their tribe, right? Uh, We were actually, we actually worked together for almost seven years in New Mexico, and uh, they then went out. When we moved to the Atlanta area to plant Encounter Church, they moved to Zambia, okay? And uh, they started a ministry called Orchard. Everybody say Orchard. okay. They are part of the Iris network um, in in Africa. They're an Iris station there in Zambia. And they're going to be with us next Sunday here at Encounter Church, okay? And so. You're gonna be inspired about what God is, yes, doing in the nations, but I believe they also have a, a revival word for us right here, right now, okay? So I wanna encourage you not only to come next Sunday, let's pack the house next Sunday. Bring somebody that needs to really be inspired, and we're gonna have the cones with us next Sunday. Cool? All right. Who already ate all their MMs? Who'd like some more M&Ms? Hey, <laughs> good catch. Somebody, somebody asked me. Somebody asked me, is this for Halloween? I was like, actually, I didn't even remember it was Halloween. Okay, <laughs> this has nothing to do with Halloween. It's funny, you know, our, we we don't really do we don't do Halloween in our family, and um, our kids, you know, have grown up learning that we just we just rather not have anything to do with ghosts and goblins and darkness and stuff like that, right? Okay, and, and no, I'm not condemning you if you dressed up yesterday. OK. All right. <laughs> All right. No, we've just always taught our kids that um, you know every day belongs to the Lord, and Halloween, okay, it's on the calendar. we can call it Halloween if we want to, but they decided this year that they were changing the name to Holyween. Holyween. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. All right, Holy Week. And we just, you know, to us, every day is holy to the Lord. There's no day that's meant to be for, you know, for darkness or ghost or anything like that. And it was funny, last night, they had been really wanting to do a, they said, uh, Anna said, when we get to Halloween, instead of having anything to do with all that, let's do a Holy Ghost party. While, you know, while the world is celebrating the ghost, let's do a holy ghost party. So last night, uh, we, we uh, got candy, of course, but we learned, uh, got, got our kids together, and we learned about the Holy Spirit, and then they danced, and we had a little holy ghost party yeah. with glow sticks and all, and it was fun. Why did I say all that? I don't know. I was just telling you that the M&Ms weren't for Halloween. Okay. Anybody else need more m ms Shandra needs some more M&M's, all right. Anybody else need some more M&M's? Let's see how far I can do this only because I've really always wanted to do it. Okay. Oh! <laughs> Woo! Hey! <laughs> My favorite sport is baseball, sorry. <laughs> Well, everyone should have some M&M's under your chair unless you already ate them or unless one of our Encounter kids stole them on the way out, but uh, everybody should have some M&M's to enjoy. Go ahead and eat them if you'd like. If you don't like M&M's, I'm sorry, you can give them to your neighbor or whatever, but you know, we've been on a few weeks break from our 2020 theme, uh, Uh, We had our anniversary weekend, which was so powerful, so awesome, so exciting with Pastor Dale and Sharon Walker, and then last week we uh, hosted Ron and Annette Thiessen, right? They're missionaries to both the Amazon as well as in Honduras, and how inspiring what God is doing through them, but also what a word about healing, right? And then the ladies had like a special healing ministry time on the... You know, it was very impromptu, not planned, and there were over thirty ladies that showed up for some more inner healing. Yes, uh, last Sunday afternoon. So, so you know, I've been I've been like antsy to be back up here, and uh, today's message has been on my heart for quite a while, and you know, we've been learning all year about solid right it's been our year-long theme in 2020 back before 2020 started God gave us a word he said 2020 is the year for strong disciples to be made and he gave us a prophetic theme and it was this solid okay we've been learning throughout the year biblical foundations for strong disciples I know I say it often, but I'll say it again. We could have never imagined what that was going to mean this year. that The need we were going to have to be truly strong followers of Jesus. Because if you haven't been strong and solid this year, then it's been easy to be shaky, right? And so, you know, we started the year with this idea. We're going to go through the 12 Core or central doctrines of the Bible to make sure we have a strong biblical foundation in our relationship with God in our life of following Jesus. And all year long, we've been saying this phrase, it's kind of been our slogan for 2020, and that is this practicing. We haven't done it in three weeks, so let's do it stronger. Ready? practicing God's word makes me strong. That's right. And so, we, again, we've, we've been on a few weeks break from this, but we're going to get back to it today. And uh, just as we get started, when you eat M&M's, go ahead and pop one in your mouth if you want to, or one more. But when you eat M&M's, what do you think of? Chocolate, goodness, the goodness of the Lord. And those that don't like chocolate, I think, eh. Right? No, I do like chocolate. But those that don't like chocolate, maybe are like, I don't eat M&M's. Okay. Well, when you see M&M's <laughs> or eat M&M's, what, what comes to mind? <laughs> right? Mars, right? Uh Someone posted online, I think we asked, when you think of M&Ms, more and more mercy. I thought that was nice. That was fun, yeah. So whatever you think, when you eat M&Ms, maybe you're like, I don't think of anything. Well, I just think, mm Whatever it is that you've thought, I want that to change today. From now on, whether you like it or not, after today's message, Every single time you see or eat M&M's, you're going to think something different. Okay? So what is that? Hold on. We'll get there. I have another question for you. Who likes to spend money? Who likes to save money? See the different personalities and who likes to invest money. Who just likes money? Okay, I want to I want I want really want you to think about this question, okay? When you think about using your money on something that's Worth it, what comes to mind. Okay. When you think about using your money on something that's truly worth it, not just blowing our money, right? But when you think about, okay, because last time I checked, I might not be the only one with a limited amount of it. So, right? Right. When you think about like, if I'm gonna use my money on something that's worth it, what do you think? What comes to mind, right? In just a few minutes, your idea of M&Ms is gonna change. And I believe all of our idea about, all of our idea about what's worth our money Maybe it's not going to change today, but I believe we're going to see it from a biblical perspective, and if we can see it from a biblical perspective, it will absolutely revolutionize our lives. Let's go to John chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Are we ready for the word? Somebody got nervous. Oh, my Lord, we're going to talk about money fear not we ready for the word who came today for God's word I want God's word I want to know what his word says about everything everything John chapter 12 Six days before the Passover celebration began, this happened to be the Passover when Jesus was going to be crucified, okay? Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Okay, so not long before this happened, uh, Lazarus had died and Jesus had gone and he'd raised Lazarus from the dead after he'd been dead for four days. Can you believe it? He raised a man who'd been dead for four days, okay? Raised him back up. And so he went to their house, and a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha, who was one of Lazarus' sisters, served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him, okay? So Jesus didn't just raise Lazarus from the dead momentarily. Lazarus stayed alive and continued along with normal life, right? Actually, probably couldn't have ever been normal again. But (laughs) so they were having a dinner in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was there. Then Mary. Uh oh! Somebody saying then Mary. Mary Mary was always doing stuff that people tend to question. (laughs) Then Mary took a twelve-ounce jar of expensive perfume. What kind of perfume? expensive 12 ounces at that a lot of expensive perfume made from essence of nard and she what anointed Jesus feet with it other uh, other um, versions of this story said she broke open the jar okay She she had to break it open. She couldn't just pour it, but she had to break it open, okay? And she anointed, which means she poured all of it on Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance. Oh, we'll come back to that in a minute. But Judas. Come on, somebody say, then Mary. But Judas. Judas. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray Jesus, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. Hold on. That's, that's quite a lot of money. When it says it was expensive, it, they were telling the truth. It was, can you imagine a perfume or a cologne that's worth your entire year's salary? We're not talking... Old Spice, (laughs) y'all. We're not even talking Dolce Gabbana. I don't know that there are any perfumes nowadays that were worth a year's salary. But this perfume was very, very costly. It was very valuable. And Judas was upset. He said, that was worth a whole year's worth of money. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor, right? Right? Does anybody agree? I mean, Judas seemed to have a point, right? You just poured out a whole year's worth of money on somebody's feet. We should have saved it. We should have used it for a different purpose. It should have been used to Give to the poor Not that he cared for the poor He was a thief And since he was in charge of the disciples money He often stole some for himself (sighs) Jesus replied Leave her alone Such a profound statement She did this in preparation for my burial You'll always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Whew. Holy Spirit, we pray today. Come on, I'm gonna pray. I pray you pray it. We pray today for revelation and understanding from your wonderful word. Change our lives today, change our thoughts, change our mind, renew our minds today by the power of your word. In Jesus' name amen. When you think of m &M, when you see M&M's or eat M&M's, what do you think? From now on, whether you want to or not, you're going to think mission and money. Come on, everybody, say mission and money. Grab your M&M's. Eat one. Say, I don't want to eat one. Well, at least look at the package. I already ate all of mine. Look at your neighbor's M&M's. Ask them for one. We have more in a bucket, in a, in, a, in, a, in a bowl or something back there, all right? If you want some more M&Ms. Mission and money. You guys, today is November 1st. We are nearing the end of 2020. Woo! I don't know if to rejoice in 2021's coming or to be scared. I don't know. All I know is I trust in Jesus. And we have gone through 10. This is now the 11, What we're going to talk about today is the 11th of the 12 central doctrines of the Bible. You say mission and money is one of the main doctrines of the Bible? It really is. Come on, say mission and money. Mission and money. M&M. 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 Let's talk about it. First of all. We must, I only have two points for you today. Is that all right? Yes. Just two simple points, okay? First of all, before we can even talk about money at all, what God says about money, we've got to understand this. There is a mission. We have a mission. Jesus had a mission. And the mission is the message of the cross. The mission is the message of, Of the cross come on turn to somebody and say the mission is the message of the cross now the church we do a lot of missions right we even do mission trips right right we have all kinds of missions all kinds of uh, uh, initiatives all kinds of things that we are trying to accomplish right right Come on, church, don't we want to accomplish a lot of things? We do a lot of missions. But really, at the heart of it, there's really only one main mission. The church of Jesus Christ and Jesus himself, we just inherited it, right? We have, in all that we will ever do, there's one central core mission It's the nucleus of the church. It must be the driving force of the church. And that mission is nothing more, nothing less than the proclamation of the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. That is our mission. There's a lot of shadow missions out there. And there's a lot of sub-missions that are great, they're grand, they're wonderful. We do them. But there's one central mission that we cannot lose our heart's focus. We cannot lose our perspective. The mission of the church of Jesus Christ is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that what Mary did, listen, he said she did this to prepare me for my burial. In other words, the cross, What Mary did to me is to prepare me, to propel me, to help me, to get me ready for, to push me towards my main mission, burial, the cross of Jesus. He knew, yes, he came to teach Yes, he came to declare the kingdom. Yes, he came to heal the sick. He even came to raise dead people like Lazarus. And there he was. He came to feed the hungry. He came to do a lot of things. But the main thing he came to do was to die and be buried. To pay the price. To pay the penalty, the punishment for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the whole world, to save us, to redeem us. And then we know he rose from the grave, right? To give us a new life, an eternal life. But Jesus' mission in this world was more than helping the poor and feeding the poor. It was more than healing the sick. It was more than mending the brokenhearted. All of those things are part of his mission, y'all. It was more than blessing the children. The mission that he received from the Father was to come into this world and go to the cross to become the only acceptable sacrifice to pay for our sins. And our mission, the main mission, the only mission that truly counts The only mission, come on, y'all, that actually makes all the other submissions valid and powerful is the proclamation of the message of the cross of Jesus. That's our mission. Jesus said, you know, let let me just say a little bit more of that. We love the poor because he referred to the poor here. We love the poor. We love the needy. We love the sick, the broken hearted, the disenfranchised, the underprivileged. We love third world nations and we go to them all the time. We do missions, right? We, we do all that, we love that. We have a whole small group dedicated to the homeless. We're constantly doing outreaches. We work with orphans in Honduras, right? I mean, we do other things besides just preach the message of the cross and we love that but Jesus mission is so much more than even social justice do we love social justice and believe in it yes do we stand for it do we advocate yes but Jesus basically said this when she poured that expensive perfume on his feet in other words you're always going to have all that stuff to do. (laughs) That, he he wasn't forever condemning poor people to be poor. That's not what he was saying. You'll always have the poor. That's not what he was saying. In fact, God wants to bless you. You're going to learn about it here in a minute. But what he was saying is, you'll always have all that other stuff to do, right? And you're going to do it. But what she did was literally a revelation of my main mission of my main purpose which is to go to the cross come on say the mission, the mission. is the message of the cross again we're going to always minister to the poor we're going to always minister to the homeless the needy the sick we're going to always do missions always 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 and, and, it, and it's a part of the gospel's impact but This is probably the most important statement of the message today. But the core of our mission, foremost and most important, is to proclaim the message of the cross. Why? Because our goal is not just to help people survive in this life. Our goal is to prepare people for eternity. If you're down and out, we'll try to help you. If you're sick, we'll visit you. We'll pray for you. We'll help you get medicine if you need it. If you're needy, we'll try to help meet your needs. We'll minister the best we can to the poor in our city and in the nations. We'll do all of that. But if we do all of that and we fail to prepare people for eternity, we failed. We failed as a church. Thank God for all the social justice uh, organizations and the organizations that help the poor and the needy and all that. Thank God for all of that. We participate in that. In fact, the church should be doing the most. Hello? But if we do all of that and we fail to proclaim the message of the cross, then we fail to rescue people from going to hell. If we help people get through this life, but we fail to prepare them for eternity, we've missed our mission. We've disobeyed Jesus' mission. Come on, say it again. Our mission is the message of the cross. It's because of, of the message, it's through the message of the cross that we fulfill our mission. You know, uh, our, our, our mission statement is three words, right? We, we reach, disciple, revive. If you're new to Encounter Church, maybe that's new to you. You know, we, we, we say here at Encounter Church, we're all about helping people encounter God. How do we do it? We have three words. We reach, disciple, and revive. Listen, the only way to reach somebody is with the message of the cross. What are you going to reach them with? Your smile? Smile helps. Smiling helps, right? But how can we reach somebody who's lost and without God in this world? On their way to eternity in hell, how can we reach them but through the message of the cross? Yeah, that's right. And Jesus said, go and make disciples. You know what it means to be a disciple, basically? Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Only the message of the cross can make a disciple of Jesus. We need to remember, we need to keep our focus where our focus should be kept, the cross, the message of the cross. Only the cross can save. Only the cross can save. Only the cross. You know, I, I, I know, I've even been a part of Things where it's like oh we're just trying to do this and that and the other to get people to believe in you know the Bible says it's only through the foolish preaching of the cross that people get saved it literally the only thing that can save a soul is the message of the cross it has to be spoken it has to be preached it has to be shared okay it has to be heard in order to be received the cross was Jesus mission so Spreading the good news about the cross must be our mission. But number two, are we ready? Jesus' mission requires money. Come on, say M&M. Now eat one so this tastes good. All right. Jesus' mission requires money. Because that's the way the world works. Hello? Hello? In this nation, and I've been to a lot of nations, and guess what all nations have in common? Money. You want something, you buy it. You want to buy it, you need dinero, right? Cash, a cash equivalent. All the Gen Z's are like, what's cash? I just have it on my phone, you know? That is a challenge to raise children today, to teach them that money actually has a value and that it runs out. Like when it used to be paper bills and coins, it ran out. And when it was out, it was out, right? It was gone. But Oliver always is like, well, just buy some more money at the bank. (laughs) I don't have any more money for that. Just use your card, right? I don't have any more money on the card. Go get some at the bank. Help us, Lord. (laughs) The mission is the message of the cross, but the mission requires money. Jesus' mission requires money. Just a little disclaimer before I, 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 I tell you all that I'm about to tell you. I don't want your money, and God doesn't want your money. He doesn't need it. Newsflash. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need my money. He doesn't even want our money. There's one thing he wants, our heart. He wants our heart, right? Ain't nothing that shows what's in our heart like our money. I love you guys. I really love this family so much and you know me. I will never shrink back from teaching you anything that's in the Word of God, even the stuff that's hard to hear. we talked about some pretty hard things to hear this year, haven't we? Okay? But this isn't really hard to hear. This is actually going to be very freeing and liberating for you. Some of you are living, you're living examples of this. Others of us need to learn from you. Okay? Others of us maybe need to start obeying what the Bible says about mission and money. But this is the reality If God has my heart, money is no problem. Money is no issue if He has my heart. Okay, we learned last Sunday. How many of you were here last Sunday and you heard what Miss Diane taught us about, about giving, tithing? Okay? So she taught us this, and I looked into it, and she was right. Thank you, Diane. Out of 38 parables that Jesus preached, in 16 of them, he talked about money. That's like 40% of his conversations. He talked about money. they are going talk about money in church. What if, we, what if 40% of what we talked about was money? I guess we'd be more like Jesus. Don't worry, I'm not saying we're going to make 40% of our messages about money from it. In fact, if you've been around a long time, this is the first message you've heard about money like this year, yeah. right? Okay. We 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 Okay. Another one. Can you guess how many verses in the Bible refer to money? 2300 2, Stop cheating. <laughs> Thieves Excuse. Stealing the answers off the screen or the paper or the digital bulletin. You know, it's my fault. All right. 2,300-ish verses refer to giving, saving, investing, prosperity, greed, so on and so forth. Okay? Somebody say, that's a lot of verses. Yeah. why i wonder why do you think god's word and jesus the living word talk so much about money why because we love it so much that's exactly right because we love it so much and he will not accept one of his people loving anything more than him Because money is not a dollar issue. Money is not a bank account issue. Stuff, physical possessions, aren't a physical possessions issue. It's a heart issue. It's all a heart issue. Okay? Judas is a prime example of a wrong heart. Because he had in his physical hands Jesus's money. And yes, I said Jesus's. (laughs) All right, we're all here, all right. Judas literally carried around Jesus's money bag. He was the treasurer. He was the CFO of the gospel rescue mission. But the thing is, if I have a bad heart, I will misuse God's money. And listen, um, Judah's story didn't end very well. Betrayal and then suicide. It's a hard thing, y'all. Either I can be trusted to use money correctly for God or not. It's a hard thing. You can even be handling God's money and have a bad heart about it. If Judas could go there, so can I and so can you. I've seen people betray Jesus for much less. but if he has my heart y'all if he has my heart he can have my family yeah if he has my heart he can have my family no problem if he has my heart he can have all of my talents to use for his glory i'm not going to keep any for myself i'm going to let him have them all he can use my talents however he sees fit if he has my heart, if I'm totally, madly, completely in love with him and I love him more than anything else, he can have all my talents. If he has my heart, he can have all my time. All of it. Bye bye, me time. Did I ever ask you for some me time? Okay. Bye-bye me time. No, I don't, I'm not saying you don't need alone time. I need alone time. Hallelujah, all right? That's not the point. But the point is, if he has my heart, he can have it all. He can have everything. He can have every day of my life, every second, every minute, every hour, until I go to eternity, but he can have it all. If he has my heart, he can have my dreams, my plans, my purposes, my, my goals. If he has my heart, he can have my wallet. Because it's just a thing. It's just stuff. There's way more important things in life than money, hello? Like I think, if he has my heart, he can have my children. If he has my heart, he can have money. Money's easy. My children, you know? If he has my heart, he can have my everything. I love what it says about what Mary did. Hmm. let's understand something. When Mary poured out her love on Jesus, I'm sorry, Mary poured out her love on Jesus by giving him what was valuable to her. The way she expressed anoint pouring out, it was more than perfume, it was her love. It was her heart. This was, I'm guessing, the most valuable thing she possessed. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't possess anything that's worth more than my year's wages. Right? Hello? Well, I guess my house. Okay, so let's, guess what? My house belongs to Jesus. My house is definitely worth more than my year's wages. Okay. But this was really, 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 really valuable to her. And you know my favorite Statement there, it says that the fragrance filled the whole room. Listen, get this today. The fragrance of our worship can change the atmosphere. When we live a life to pour out everything on Jesus, including those things that are valuable to us, right? It can literally change the atmosphere around us. See, it wasn't one or two people that realized what Mary had done. Everybody knew it. They didn't even have to see or do it. They smelled it. Whew. That's deep. Y'all, let, just let it, just let it, just let it, just let it sink. Just let it sink in. When you pour out something of value onto Jesus, what you do will affect everybody around you. And you might not even mean to do it. (laughs) It just does. Giving my, let's just go to the nitty gritty. Giving my money is one of the most practical and powerful ways to worship God and demonstrate that he really is my Lord. I don't think this is up there, but you might want to write it. Giving demonstrates lordship. Giving demonstrates lordship. Why? It's easy to say Jesus is Lord, but giving shows it. <laughs> but that's right. Put your money where your mouth is. Giving actually demonstrates that what I'm saying, Jesus is Lord, and Jesus is like, okay, I see you're, 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 you're obeying me and being a good husband or a good wife, and you're trying to raise your children in the ways of the Lord, and um, you're, you're, you're um, staying sexually pure, you're obeying me there, I'm your Lord, and you know, you're, you're being kind, okay, but okay. But our money and our possessions hold such a big part in our heart that if we surrender everything else except that, we want to hold on to that. You're about to realize if we do that, we're pretty much fools. But if we do that, we're literally holding back from Jesus being Lord over an area of our life. And and, and I, I just I just want this to be clear. This read the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. If he's not the Lord over your money, your money is cursed, not blessed. Say, so I want God to bless my money. Why am I not Why am I not under God's blessing on my money? Are you blessing God with your money? God can only honor His word. He can only honor his word. God cannot dishonor his word. He can't break his word. And the only way God can bless my finances is if I'm using my finances to obey him. Now, I know for the most part, I'm preaching to the choir. We have an extremely obedient, tithing, generous congregation and counter church. Listen, I've been to a lot of churches and I've been around for a long time. I've been in ministry for a long time. This is one of the most generous families I've ever met. You guys are so obedient and so generous. But we have to grab a hold of the essence of what the Word of God says about this. Because when we obey the, what the Word of God says about money, we're literally demonstrating with our actions, He's our Lord. And when we do, boy, does He like to bless. He wants to bless you so much. But God... Can only bless us when we obey God cannot and will not bless disobedience he can't he'd be breaking his own word and he's a man of his word right <sighs> actually he's not a man he can't lie he's not the son of man he'll never re- repent or regret anything what he said you better believe it <laughs> He's going to keep it. Okay? This is this is so powerful. Listen. Giving declares that God, not money, is my provider. Giving obeying god to give our tithes and offerings and be generous and all that okay giving declares that god not money is my provider withholding money from god is declaring money is my provider and y'all that runs out (laughs) I've run out of money many times, but God has never stopped providing for me. Encounter church. We've run out of money or been pretty close to it quite a few, quite a few times. But He's never, ever stopped providing for us. Because money is not your provider, God is, if you'll believe it. Somebody said, I'm tired of M&Ms already. Well, one more M, Matthew (laughs) chapter six. Is it okay if I just run with the rest of this? Can we, okay. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and the rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I'm gonna repeat that. Wherever your treasure is, there, the desires of your heart will also be. Come on, say, My heart follows my treasure. It's not the other way around. Come on, say it again. My heart will follow my treasure. No one, verse 24, no one, no one, no one, no one, as many Christians as try this, as many Christians as I've seen try this, no one can serve two masters. For you'll hate one and love the other. And the essence of that means you'll love me so much that the other will look like you hate it. Right? Okay? You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, cannot, cannot. Notice the next words. This is actually the correct translation here. You cannot Serve God and be enslaved to money. It's right there. First of all, I can literally lead my heart through my giving. People are like, you know, um, your giving shows where your heart is. Yes. But it's even more than that. I can literally tell my heart where to go through my giving, through my treasure. I want want my heart to love orphans. Guess how you can get your heart to love orphans? Give a donation to an orphanage. I want my heart to love the homeless. Guess what? Tell your Visa card to be inserted at Walmart and buy a pack of socks and then go give those socks to homeless people. Guess what's going to happen in your heart? You're going to love homeless people. We can direct and lead our heart through what we give. My heart has been changed by what I've given. Serving God... With my money means I'm in control of my money. That's serving God. But if the pursuit of money controls my life, I'm a slave. See, it's serving God, choice. Slavery, no choice. Yeah? Come on, somebody say, serving good, serving good. Slavery, really bad. slavery really bad. Yeah, right? Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Do we all agree that slavery is bad? Yes. Every form of it? Yes. So don't be enslaved to money either. Are you, is your money serving you or are you serving your money? Oh, here's a good way to ask it. Is money my slave or am I money's slave? Either I use my money or my money uses me. It's my choice. And giving my money, giving my money, my tithes and offerings to God breaks slavery to money. Because listen, you got to catch this. When I give my money to God, I am boldly declaring it is not my master. Giving breaks slavery to money. Luke chapter 12. Then he told him a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Just retire and sit back and enjoy your millions. Okay. But God said to him, You fool. Notice that nobody, it was God that said, you fool, okay? God said, you fool? You're going to die tonight. Then who's going to get all this, that you, everything that you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. We have a choice today, y'all. I can live to give to God's eternal agenda which will produce eternal rewards. Or I can live to support my own personal agenda and that's going to be gone pretty soon. Can you feel the Holy Spirit? I feel the Holy Spirit inviting me to have a new perspective on money. I feel the Holy Spirit saying, I'm inviting you to see it my way. I'm inviting you, because you know what? Truth sets us free. When we embrace and we know the truth, that sets us free. And I literally just feel the Holy Spirit saying to us as a family, come on, let me show you what I think about it. Let me show you what I think about money. It's going to help you. It's going to bless you. It's going to free you. If my heart is possessed with Jesus' mission. Come on, say mission and, mission and money. If my heart is possessed with the mission of Jesus, then I'll see money as simply a means to fulfill that mission. Oh, wow. It's just a way we get to do the mission of Jesus. You know, I, I, I love that in Luke chapter 8, it's ladies. Come on, ladies. In Jesus' ministry, it was a bunch of Women. sometimes it still is, no, it's both, (laughs) look at Luke, look at Luke 12, then he told him a story, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops, I'm sorry, I'm on Luke 8 now, that's 12, 8, soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God, He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, for whom he had cast out seven demons. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager. Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman if you're young if you're old if you're rich if you're not so rich doesn't matter that's not the point God doesn't need your money he doesn't want my money what he wants is our heart and if my heart is possessed with Jesus mission money's just nothing It's just a resource, it's a tool, it's a weapon to do the mission of Jesus. Now, again, I said it once, I'm going to say it again. Encounter Church, you are one of the most obedient and generous church families I I know. I've been a lot of places, I've met a lot of generous people. And this church is generous. Generous. This teaching is not a correction, it's not a rebuke, it's not a please, we need money. It's not that. I want to congratulate you. I want to tell you how proud I am as your pastor. To say this church is a church that tithes, is a church that gives. Some of you have funded, some of you have funded our feeding centers in Cuba to help help feed poor kids in Cuba. Others of you are funding the homeless outreach. Others of you have given greatly during the pandemic and we've been able to help people in need during the pandemic. So many of you are so obedient and faithful to give your tithes so that we've made it and the church has grown. Some of you have given what you would consider small, but it's been big Some of you have given really big. We got a building because you guys are so generous and God is so good. Listen, this word, it was like, this is one of the words we need to teach. It's one of the 12 central doctrines of the Bible. But as I was preparing it, it wasn't like, oh, I need to teach these people that don't know. You guys know this stuff. You guys are living this Some of you are amazing, inspirational examples of everything I just talked about. Some of you inspire me. And I learned to tithe and to give. Listen, they're probably watching. I remember being an elementary kid sitting in the pew with my parents. And watching them pull out the checkbook and write checks And putting it back in the day when we had offering buckets, right? Now we have a box back there if you like checks and cash, right? And I remember, you know, when a kid, you know, when you're a kid, like $10 is a lot. But I literally, I can literally remember the moment I was probably seven, seven or eight years old, okay? That's been like 33 years ago. I'm sitting there and I watched my mom happen to be writing the check and it said $400. And I almost passed out. Because when you're seven, 400 is like 400 million, you know? It's like that could buy all the candy and Legos in the world. And I, I remember it. I don't know if she remembers it, but I turned to my mom and I said, mom, She said, it's my privilege, and I wish I could give a whole lot more to God. And I began tithing and giving offerings ever since I was a little child. And I can tell you this. Money's not my master. Money's not my provider. Money has run out, and God has always provided. Amen? The mission is the message of the cross, and Jesus' mission requires money. Let me tell you what God's will for you is. You ready for God's will? This is God's will for you. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God will generously provide all you need. You better say amen. And God will generously provide all you need. Anybody got needs? Anybody got needs out there? God will generously provide all you need then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Come on, I'm going to teach you a little rhyme. Are you ready? Come on, say this with me. God will provide my needs and give me seeds. Come on, let's do it again. God will provide my needs and give me seeds. If you'll trust Him, if you'll trust Him and obey His word, even if your giving is $2, or maybe you're giving us $200,000. I don't know. Whatever it is. If you'll trust Him, if you'll obey His word, He will take care of you. And not only will He take care of you, He'll give you extra that you can share and bless other people with. That is God's will for you. That's God's will for our church. Many of you know, we give away I say we give away 10%. And every time I ask, have we given our 10% away? I, I, we were talking about this past week. Um, we're ahead by $3,000 right now. We give away, we understand that if we give, He'll provide. God will generously provide all you need and you'll have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others if you'll trust Him God will provide for your needs and give you seeds because He is good and He is generous that's who God is that's what He's like come on maybe before we even stand or don't go any further maybe you just want to lift your hands up like this and say God you are my provider not money I believe you will provide my needs and give me seeds use my life come on use my life as an aqueduct through which you can bless and change the world around me in Jesus name And just before we end today, I I do want to ask if if everyone wouldn't mind. Just bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Look into your heart. Everything we learned about money today doesn't really mean anything unless you first understand that you are Jesus' mission. Come on, I'm going to just give a second for everyone to, to focus. You, you you are Jesus' mission you are our mission is the message of the cross Jesus' mission was to come to the cross and pay pay for what we couldn't pay the price of our sins to forgive us to set us free give us eternal life have you received that salvation today have you been forgiven of your sins have you received eternal life you are worth more than all the money in the world You are worth more than the riches of heaven. That's why Jesus was willing to give it all up to come to earth to purchase you, to save you. Does anybody need to receive Jesus today? If you will repent of your sins, if you will say, I'm sorry, Lord, I don't want to sin anymore. I surrender my life to you. He will forgive you. He will save you. He will turn your life around. He will give you a new life, an eternal life. Does anybody need that today? If that's you, would you just wave at me really quick? Say, that's me. I need salvation. I need forgiveness. I need Jesus. I need Jesus to save me. Come on, if we could just stand to our feet. Everybody, let's just stand.